nope, that's not that's not our intro song. Here nope, we go, nope. ladies and gentlemen. We are here, guys. It's going to be a goofy episode. I, I can already tell you based on the things that just transpired seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, Silas is giving me control. I have digital zoom now, so if I can be like, all right, in the bag, folks. Um, well, I had something really weird in my beard there. Anyway, hey, in the bag, folks. Um, let me just talk to you real quick. Come a little closer. All right. Let me tell you about today's sponsor. <laughs> Today we're sponsored by Double G Craft Jerky. Take it Ooh. away, Robbie. Double G Craft Jerky. They got a new flavor. Tell them what that flavor is, Brad. This new flavor, citrus pepper teriyaki by Gannon Burr. Ooh. So many new flavors. Beautiful mm -hmm. thing about Double G Craft Jerky. High quality jerky. We're not talking jerky that you're finding in a gas station. This mm -hmm. is a premium beef jerky for premium Brisket. disc golfers. Here we go. Brisket. Uh, every bag sold by Double G contributes to the Double G Children's Foundation, which helps get discs and baskets to inner city children. They have donated to thousands of families for events. So your purchase of this premium Disc golf jerky Brisket. allows the children to find it. And just like they said in Elf, the children love the discs. Mm -hmm. So want to make sure you go in that direction. But hey, let's say, you know, you want to, you're a giver. You're a, you're a lover of foundations in general. Well, cool part is not only does code foundation help you continue that love, but you can also with every purchase of McBeast barbecue and max weight McBeast barbecue sold donates to the Macbeth or to the Paul Macbeth foundation. Mm -hmm. So you buy one bag of that jerky, you're supporting children, you're supporting disc golf through the Macbeth Foundation. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. But Brad, you don't just have to buy the full size bags. Tell me no. what else you can buy. So what's cool, and we've had this for several other things, and you know, we're, we've ordered some for a special occasion, teaser there, but uh, they do offer one ounce bags. Great for players packs, great for gifts, great for stocking stuffers. We're getting close to the holiday Ooh. season, so can't believe that, but you know, and also, hey, maybe you want to try a bunch of flavors, but you don't want to invest in like the big bag yet. So maybe you're like, hey, citrus pepper teriyaki. That sounds great. Let me try it first. So one ounce bag, take it with you on the course. Very easy to go in and out of your bag with the smaller bags. So you can uh, try out all the flavors that way. Um, hey, and also, by the way, if you've ever seen a hat on Trevor's head, most likely it's the double G hat. So make sure you check out the double G craft jerky hats on the website. Um, and just like us here at Foundation, they offer subscriptions. So if you're a jerky lover, if you want to try all the jerky, if you're like, hey, I don't want to worry about ordering these every single week, let me tell you. All you got to do is you just got to go. You got to sign up. You can do three, six, or 12-month options, and it's as easy as that. Let me scoot out for you. Um, so Double G, you can find it anywhere. We offer it here in our retail locations. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you check out Double G Craft Jerky. You can also do um gift cards through double g if you want to you're like i don't know what flavor that my buddy likes but hey good job hitting that ace the other day here's a gift card get yourself some jerky make sure you do that mm. double g craft jerky 4.9 stars rated and guess what you can get a 10 percent off discount with code foundation at checkout so make sure you you try to use the code foundation for 10 percent off your order try new citrus pepper teriyaki i like personally the garlic lover's dream. What about mm. you, Robbie? What's your favorite one so far? Mm. Uh, you know, depending on a day like today, got to go hot boom sauce because we're oh. feeling spicy. We're feeling a little spicy. So make sure you check that out. Thanks, Double G, for all that you do for us here at Foundation. All you do for the kiddos. 
Make sure you support them 10% off with code foundation. And while we about to nom nom on some beef jerky, let's nom nom with getting new discs in the bag for our boy Mitchell. Let's bring in our guest. Nom. Welcome to In the Bag. Mitchell, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. It's uh, good weather out here. It's been nice. Fantastic. What part of the country are you in, Mitchell? I'm Louisville, Kentucky area. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How Love far are you area. from Idlewild? Have you gone out and tri- tried it yet? I've not tried Idlewild yet, uh, but I'm only about, I think, an hour and a half, maybe two hours at most. Okay. Fantastic. Well, you do have the Slugger Museum in your town, so as an avid baseball fan, respect to Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So... Mitchell, we want our we want our guests to get to know you, man. Uh, we're grateful for you coming on the podcast. And they know where you're from now, but we want to know where you're from inside the game. Know where I'm you're saying? really from? Yeah, yeah. Mm. What you be about? Where so, you're really, really from? <laughs> so <laughs> we are gonna see how long you've been playing disc golf, Mitchell. Um, I started like a year ago, springtime. Okay, fantastic. What got you into disc I, golf? I was scrolling on Instagram and all of the GK pro ACE run videos come up. And I was like, man, I've seen those little disc baskets around my area before, but I've never played. So me and my homie went and got some Frisbees from Walmart and, uh, it wasn't great. Awesome. We ran into some old guy and he was like, you just need to get you a putter in a mid. And we went over to Myers, got one of those like Innova DX plastics and, mm-hmm. Just started going on the weekends. It was a great time. That's awesome. There's no time like the first time you played disc golf. And like when you just like, man, I really like this. Like, I can still remember that. Can you, Robbie? It's been been a while. So you're saying y'all took like actual like the lid Frisbees and went and played with those? They they were like uh, dog Frisbees because they were only a dollar. And like the kid Frisbees were like 15 and we were like, "Mm, I don't know yet. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Man, that is even it's already tough when you make the jump like when you try to play with like a a standard ultra star or something like that so to do it with the the dog like dollar frisbees oh man that's even mm-hmm. tougher that yeah. is uh congratulations on pushing on the perseverance that you've and brought, you're here mitchell yeah all the way from dog frisbees to being on a disc golf podcast what a wild road um, so we want our players to get to know you for how far you throw. That way, as we are walking through the suggestions, gives players kind of an idea of, okay, I can connect on, I'm probably getting similar things to happen with my Frisbees. So how far would you say you throw on a backhand and how far would you say you throw on a forehand if we put you in like an open field? Uh, open field, I would say backhand, I get like 300 to 325. Okay. And that's like the wind not knocking me straight down. Mm-hmm. And then on a forehand, it's kind of more like the 270 to 300. But I really got to be juicing that forehand to get it that far. Okay. Awesome. That is that is not bad, especially for being a year-end no, man. That is. Uh, I think that so many people look at 300 feet as this like basic check mark. Like, oh, yeah, if I can throw 300, like, nah, it's whatever. But I... There are so many people who cannot throw 300 consistently that I, I'm I'm part of the group that wants to like change the narrative of if you throw 300 feet, you throw far, especially for casual disc golfers. Like let's just own mm-hmm. that. So um, that is phenomenal distance. But let's talk short game, Mitchell. 
we put you on the putting green and we give you 10 putts from 15 feet, 10 putts from 25 and 10 putts from 40 feet. How many are you making at each station? Well, at 15 feet, I would take like seven to eight pretty confidently. Okay. Uh, you say 25? Yeah. Mm, maybe five okay. on like a good day. Mm-hmm. Any Anything outside of 25 feet, I'm just kind of like hoping I land up lay by the basket. Like I'll get one or two in of those 40-foot throw-ins, but I think if I threw 10 of them, it's probably just one. Okay. Just one on a good day. Got the lucky rabbit foot in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you're very honest, and I really appreciate that. We've got some honest folks of the last couple episodes. So yeah. your honesty helps people grow and not feel bad about themselves. So thank you for that. Yeah, let's squash the narrative of 10 out of 10, you know, especially when we tell you that's one of my favorite things that I do in putting lessons. Someone will tell me like, cause I'll ask them that similar question of what your like can't miss range of 90% of the putts you're making. And they're like, Oh yeah, like 20, 25 feet. I'm like sick. Okay. Before we get started, go ahead and fire 10 off for me. And I'll have like the distance measured out and then they'll miss one or two. And they'll look at me like, well, you just put a lot of pressure on me. And I'm like, that's kind of the whole point. Is to we want to see where yeah where what happens when the pressure breaks well uh mitchell i think you have a super interesting bag because i would say really until we get to drivers you run a of extremely neutral bag mm-hmm. so i think a lot of people will fault into or fall into I think fault is the right word. I I chose the right word. Uh, so a lot of people will make the mistake of getting either a super overstable bag or we suggest a lot of understable stuff for beginners because of ease of flight. But then they go all understable. And then if it gets super windy, they struggle. I think a great example of this, our good friend Jason has a much more understable bag than he does an overstable bag. Mm-hmm. So if he goes to like a falling creek on a windy day, it's going to be tough he's going to have to rely on a lot of discs that he doesn't normally throw just because he does throw so smooth with some other stuff. So there's not a, it's not wrong to go necessarily one way or the other, but when you go super neutral, it's fascinating to me how your game develops because you kind of have to work everything rather Mm -hmm. than letting the disc work on its own when you fly this neutral. So I'm going to be very curious. We're going to start with putters. Do you putt with your maidens? Uh, yes. I bought a DX maiden from the disc store, and I really liked it. And so I ended up just getting the VIP ones that were on sale and just learned how to use all three of those and just putt. Mm, fantastic. Okay, so do you throw the base plastic maiden anymore? Mm-hmm. I throw it as like my straight flying tunnel shot. I play a lot of woods golf, so okay. that also makes sense for your bag too. Um, what I always like to ask people this because I think putters are such like a feel thing. I, I mean, this is maybe a controversial take, but obviously that some putters are more overstable than others. That's fine, but most of them inside the circle, I think, fly relatively similar or very close. And I really think putters are just a feel, especially if new players come in the store. I just hand them a bunch of putters and say, which one feels good to you in your hand? So, like, is that what brought you to the Maiden? Were you like, man, I really like how this feels? Or you're just like, I'm just going to go for the Maiden? I mean, what keeps you on the Maiden, if so? 
the the maiden fits really well in my hands i'm a mechanic as a day job Mm -hmm. so i kind of have bigger beefier hands and so like when i'm putting with it inside the circle i can make it fly pretty straight but like if i'm out distance and i need to like forehand it it'll Mm -hmm. do that little flex line for me Mm -hmm. okay that's good to know but yeah the overall feel and i can't remember maiden is not beaded or is beaded it is beaded. It's the very weird part. It's like I'm not big on beaded discs, mm-hmm. but that's what I have, and I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I always just like to check it on the putters because, I mean, some people are like, hey, my buddy had this, and I just had – he had extra, so now I putt with the Luna or whatever. Um, and then some people are like, I went in the store, I felt every single putter, and this one fit best in my hand. And I think that's okay, and I think don't be afraid if you – as someone who putted, putted with something that I just – grabbed and i putted with that for like three years um don't be afraid to change up your putter it's a little painful at first i'm going through the pain now but it's starting to sink back in so don't be afraid to go and feel a bunch of putters and find out something that works really well for you yeah especially if you have the chance to go into a local shop i think that's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. favorite activities that i get to do when i'm working at our shop is someone comes in and it's like okay what are you putting with okay awesome does it feel comfortable not really sick what do you not like about it and then we can Mm -hmm. just walk around the store and like okay here's this that's a little too shallow for me okay let's go hair deeper okay i don't like the beat okay let's find that there's so much trial option if you can get the chance if you're not comfortable with your putter i would honestly say it's worth driving up to two to three hours to go to a good disc shop just Mm -hmm. to feel a bunch of discs rather than having to go through the pain of searching online and ordering Mm-hmm. 18 different putters that you only technically are going to use one. So yeah, super interesting. You've got, I will say you have a ton of Lone Star in your bag. Mm-hmm. And I think that is super, super fun. Uh, several Lone Star discs, including you've got the Dillo and the glitch in there. What's sort of the difference between those two for you? Uh, the Dillo is like a very nice die soon, like a Berg. And so my friends play with them, but I found this one. And the thing that set me off to it is that it floats in water. Oh. And we have some courses around here that if you, the wind kicks you over, it's in a lake. And at least with this, then it's floating. And I'm like, this is good. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. The, I didn't know that. The glitch is like that nice, long, straight shot just floats forever. But, you know, the downside to it that I'm finding is like, if you grip lock it just a hair, it's going straight line all the way the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Preach that uh, yes. that neutron soft plastic. It's like especially when it gets warm. I don't know what the humidity is like in your area, but I've thrown the glitch several times. I threw it for a video, and I was in the middle of a parking lot that they called a disc golf course, and uh, mm-hmm. what a tragedy that was. But like that ex- that soft plastic got extra sticky for me. And what you're talking about exactly that like. Oh man, it's just hanging on my finger just a little bit, and it's like, oh, I've missed my line by seventy feet. Yes. What? <laughs> yep, absolutely. And um, it's cool. It's cool seeing like, I mean, the armadillo and the glitch, the bird, all those like one speeds there. It's just, it's just fun to see them started to. It's like a, it's a trend now. They're like working into everybody's bag. It's just interesting to see like what people use them for. Armadillo, the dillo. I. It's just. I never thought about it floating in water. For hey, those of you who are like, I love the bird, Berg, but I throw all mine in the water. This is a good alternative for you. 
Yeah, icebergs don't float; they sink. You guys ever seen the Titanic before? <laughs> so I mean, that's true. Come that's on, true. guy, it's just right there. So, would you say that your glitch is what's the difference between that base plastic maiden that you throw and your glitch? Um, my maiden is a little bit more forgiving if I miss my line. Okay, but my glitch will go farther. Yeah. Awesome. That is that's good to know. Okay, that kind of that also tells me. That gives me good insight into throwing. Um, mm-hmm. For a lot of people, this I'll get this confirmed here in a second, but that gives me insight into how you're throwing the disc uh, based on the fact that the glitch is going further than the maiden. So uh, I, if you're looking for our viewers, if you're looking at the chart, there's a disc that is on the chart that has been subbed out for another disc, I think for good reason. Um, let's talk about the Toro is in your bag. So how long has the Toro been in there? It's been in there for maybe two months now. Okay. Month, month and a half. Yeah. What, it's, um, yeah. what do you use it for? I use it a lot for my forehand upshot. It's very torpy. So like if I'm throwing it and I just have a little bit wrong angle out of the hand, I still know I'm going to get that nice little hook over. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with the Claymore, I would throw it and it would just ante out and just gone. Mm, right. Yeah. I think, yeah, visually, if you're looking at the, the chart, you're like, oh, man, we're obviously recommending a overstable approach disc, but we got it covered for the Toro. Uh, what made you go to the Toro versus like a Zone or a Culprit or something like that? Well, I really like Calvin Heimberg. And so for me, I was like, walked in. We have a very nice disc store on the other side of the bridge in indiana mm-hmm. and so i walked in and i got to put my hands on it. i was like well yep. i like calvin heimberg and i really like the toro and it felt good the other thing i have is i'm colorblind and oh. so i have to pick discs that are like pink and purple and white mm-hmm. and like a lot of the zones are those green browns and i just lose them in the woods okay that's, so that's it's just easy to pick there yeah, mm-hmm. shout out to my boy. We've got a local guy, Pete Collins, who is also he's red green colorblind. Uh, I think is what it's called. Uh, and we like, I purposely I have discs that I will pull out of my bag that are red when I go play with him because I know if I shank it, like he'll just look at me and I'll be like, ah, oh, it was it was the red stalker, and he's like, all right, good luck. He <laughs> 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 doesn't even try. Uh, and I completely that makes sense. So. That's that is definitely something that I think people don't really talk about is the colors that certain discs are made like you're talking about. Like I see there are a lot of those darker color zones, probably because mm-hmm. Paul throws the black one and they're like, everybody loves a dark colored zone. Yeah, no, they don't. There's a lot of orange zones, a lot of them. I True. at first when you said that, Mitchell, I'm like, he's just looking at the wrong zones. And I'm, and I'm sitting here actually thinking about I'm like. I'm thinking about what I've seen in the warehouse in the last 90 days. Mostly yellow, orange, green. Now a lot of pink too, so just throwing that out there, but a lot of orange, yellow for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's jump Let's jump to mids. So with the Claymore out, you have an M4 and a Hex in your bag. What's sort of the difference between those two for you? Um, that Hex is the Lozado model, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit more overstable. And it, it's like 
it's a little bit thinner rim, so my forehand and my backhand, it's it's nice, but it just gives me that fade when I need it. Yeah. Whereas the M4, I, it's a disc I bought and I just used for so long, but it just it's just straight for me. Okay. So, like, throw it on some. Can you throw it on some hyzer? Get it to stand up and ride straight, mostly. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Does it ever, does the M4 ever burn out on you? Like you throw it and it gets on some Anheuser and it just gets over and never comes back? Yeah, that's happened to me a few times, but I'm right now learning how to kind of throw uh, Annie backhands. And so I've been keeping it because it'll kind of hold that Annie backhand for me and not want to come back over. That's That's been like a... A problem I have is I learned how to throw forehand. I learned how to throw backhand, but I never learned how to throw backhand ante. And so I'm, I've been spending the last couple months trying to do that. So I kept the M4 in, and it it's a little bit more predictable than when I had the Claymore in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it'll save me when I kick a tree early and I'm down a hill. Okay. That, the M4 is such a slept-on disc. I think a lot of people just have this bad taste of prodigy in their mouth. And the M4, like if you've never watched Kayla Visca throw an M4, missing out on that highlight yeah. reel. It is yep. a beautiful disc. M4 was one of the ones I'll never forget. I had started a YouTube or I'd started my Instagram. My Instagram had like 2000 followers on it. And my YouTube channel barely had a thousand. And I was like, okay. And I reached out to prodigy and they sent me, a discount code to buy two discs and I asked them which ones I should buy. And they said, buy an A2 and an M4. And I said, okay. And I love the A2 and I love the M4, both phenomenal discs. Mm -hmm. So definitely suggest the M4. My final question before we kind of jump into drivers uh, and we're going to lump these all together is what distance are you usually looking at that? Like you make the jump from, Okay, the basket. I walk into a hole and it is blank feet. I'm throwing my Lizotle or I'm throwing my M4 versus I'm going to step up and throw that for you or that TL3. Anything like 200 and under, I'm not bringing out the fairways on. Okay. But anything between 200 and 300, I can use either or. Okay. But like those higher 200 and ups, I'm going with the fairways awesome so is it safe to say around the like we'll just say the 250 range to be safe like if it's 250 and under most likely you're probably going to pull the mid-range out but you could go fairway depending on if you need the shape or like you need a skip or something like that Mm-hmm. yeah i would say so a lot of the grass around here doesn't give us that good skip mm. it's like velcro <laughs> but uh some of them dirt hills man you get the wrong skip on mm-hmm that's fair for sure that's fair okay so that that answers a lot of question also with the m4 brad have you thrown an m4 uh just a few times i liked it every time i throw it i've thrown it very straight like kaiser flip sort of a deal okay i if you're if you're catching the wave that i'm putting down in terms of like the glitch Mm -hmm. being a far flyer the m4 is very straight flyer you can kind of this is paving the way for exactly the conversation we were having before. Yep. Um, yep. So excited to bring you in on this, Mitchell, because I think there's a very real chance that we nailed this. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I'm going to say that before we even talk about drivers, like I'm feeling really good about this suggestion. Yep. So let's talk 
Let's talk the Mockingbird first. And you know what? You said you don't really throw the distance driver as much anymore. So let's go ahead and talk about the destroyers in the race real fast. Uh, what were they being used for? Because you said you kind of bowed out to the fairways more often. Um, a lot of the times what I would pull out my race or my destroyer for is like I could just put it straight out and I know I would fade left. And so like learning how to throw like a big hyzer spike or some of these holes that we have are 400 feet. And I'm like, I think I can bite off the most distance using this. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, sometimes you're, you're like juiced up in the moment and you can throw it 350, but the, what I noticed was, is if I threw the destroyer wrong, it would just burn over because it's like a used beat in destroyer. Okay. And then with the Wraith, I could push it out straight 250 every time and then it would fade over. So it was like very predictable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fascinating. Cool. Well, I, I think that is a wise move in terms of the, Agreed. the dream potential is there. But reality, especially if you're playing wooded golf, like you said, you have a lot of wooded golf. I feel like there's probably not that many opportunities where you're like, you know what? I just got so much room to play with. I think I can just fire this thing off. And what's the worst that could happen? So very wise move moving away from those. Uh, The other one that I'm super curious about is the felon. So what's the felon doing for you? Is that also a forehand disc, like a longer Toro? Yeah. I originally bought the felon because, like, I just grabbed, I grabbed like a handful of random discs to try stuff out, and it, I could never figure out how to throw it. But if I threw it Annie around a tree, it would always fade back over, and I was like, "Oh, this is neat." And then one day I developed a forehand fully, and I was like, "Oh, I can push this felon straight, almost 300 feet, and then it'll fade for me, and that's great." And so I just, that's the only thing I use the felon for. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it sounds like you're, you actually have a pretty good forehand. If you're getting the felon out to like 270, 300, like I'm not trying to put them under the bus, but that was the thing when we shot uh, a video for my channel last time I was up with foundation, like I just watched Trevor and them and they're both like 300 max range forehand for Trevor. Like that is, mm-hmm. that is where he feels like he is. He can get one farther, but it is not controlled at all. Uh, and that was honestly a little surprising to me. But he, if he's throwing 300-foot shot, it is not with a felon. He is throwing his wraith or he's throwing like a force or something. He's throwing a fast driver to get 300. Mm-hmm. So I want to give you kudos, Mitchell. That's 300 with a fairway is really good. I would consider myself to be someone who has a good forehand, and that's my range that I'm pulling out a felon on. Exactly, mm-hmm. is that 300-foot shot. So definitely lean into your forehand a bit more, and I think as you get more comfortable with that, try out that Halo Wraith, especially the double G one. Is it the double G that has like the, the ring wraith looking Lord of the Rings guy on it, or is it like the Gundam like big wraith? Um, it's definitely like the Lord of the Rings one. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's got like the whip and chain. Yeah. It, it, I almost want to say it looks like it has like a, like a monster or a dragon on it. Okay. I I got it used from one of the guys that was up there at, uh, 
at one of the courses, they just, they, these guys show up in vans with just a stockpile of discs all the time. They're like, Hey, give me 15 bucks and you can, you can take whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> PSA kids do not go to vans and buy discs. Stay away from them. Do not do it. Unless you have a supervised adult with you and then go for it. Absolutely. Uh, Still don't do it. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, my grandmother and I 100% got in the back of a van one time in New York City to buy purses. Uh, so that, that don't be like out. me. Uh, anyways, so uh, yeah, this, the double G one I think is a phenomenal forehand disc. Like I always forget how much I love forehanding the double G Halo rates. Mm -hmm. So definitely lean into that. Okay, so let's talk about the core four, and that's going to segue us into the the suggestion box. So you've got the bear, the TL three, the Frio and the mockingbird. I want to start with the Frio because the Frio by flight number you would think is like super neutral, but I find personally, I found the Frio. That is not the case. I do not think the Frio flies like it's flight numbers. How about what, where are you feeling for the Mitchell? Where does it slot in with all of this? Oh, that is like my go-to disc since I bought it. Uh, it is a little overstable. And what I've found out is like if I put it out of the hands flat and it, it'll just go so far and it'll just hyzer right over and give me that good skip I'm looking for. But if I put a little ante on it, I'll get that nice hyzer flip and finish straight. But that, I think I can push that seven speed. That's like my, I overthrow the pin a lot of times with it because it's, it just goes forever. Gosh, it's such a good disc. I that Bravo plastic as well. Mm -hmm. If you're a mechanic, I feel like you probably got like real strong hands, and so that Bravo plastic you can just like crush in your hand, and it feels so good. Yeah, that is by far the best feeling plastic. I, honestly, besides like a really beat in star plastic, I'd have to agree with you. Let's talk Mockingbird. So, what's the difference from the Frio to the Mockingbird? The Mockingbird has more of a dome on it, mm -hmm. and it's like it'll hold those Anheuser lines. And so that's kind of what I've been working with is trying to learn to throw backhand Annie's. And I barely use it okay. just because it I don't find myself needing that shot shape most of the time. Okay. As someone who loves the Mockingbird, the thing I, I think I love about it the most is the dome on it because I think it gives it some sneaky glide, but also some sneaky stability at the end compared to what the flight numbers say. So, I mean, I can juice that thing out pretty far. And again, I'm like, I'm with you, Mitchell. I love a seven speed. So like having a disc that has that capability for me, if I throw it, like I have a little baby hyzer, it'll, it'll flip up, turn a little bit, but still come back at the end. And I feel like I can really crush that over 300 mark with it every time. So do you feel like it's a good compliment to the Frio or do you find yourself grabbing the Frio and just kind of forgetting about the Mockingbird? I, I definitely think they could sell together as a pair just as evenly as a part. Mm -hmm. it, I, I need to throw it a little bit more to kind of see what all I can do with it. But a lot of times my understanding was understable meant I could hold a better angle on Anheuser and I don't know much about disc golf, obviously, so only the last year, but it it definitely seems to fit well with it. 
but a lot of the golf that I play, I find myself just getting the Frio because if I'm flexing it on a forehand, I can wave it through trees. But if I got 300 feet wide open, I know I can just hyzer it out and go over to the basket. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So what's the difference between your Frio and your TL3? Uh, I think I just bought the TL3 first. Okay. And I threw it, I threw it in the lake. And when I went into the disc shop to get a new fairway stable driver, the guy said, here, try this Frio. And then my buddy ended up going into the lake and pulled it out. Nice. And he was like, do you want this back? And I was like, yeah, I'll put it back in the bag. But other than that, it, it flies just kind of straight for me okay. versus getting that nice finish from the Frio. Okay. So on the chart, You'll see, like stability-wise, if this if the right side's understable, left side's overstable. The TL3, the Frio is on the more understable side, and then the TL3 is here. You personally would probably flip those in terms of the TL3 has a little more stability to it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and I think once again that's just simply because the Frio is listed for those of you who are unfamiliar is listed as a seven five minus one one. So you'd think like longer buzz. Not it. Not it. So Mm -hmm. I would say longer like hex for most arms because the hex also does not fly super neutral, especially your Lizotto. It probably does fly like a longer Lizotto for you. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's cool. Okay. So let's talk the bear last. Uh, is the bear just a middle ground between the Frio and the Felon? Yeah, I, I liked it at first for a while when I was still kind of learning how to do, you know, like your walk up on the tee pad and your X step. And so when I was first throwing the bear, I could just put it on hyzer. It's going to fade on hyzer. It looks like a check mark. Mm-hmm. And like it, it was good. I find myself using it less and less more and more. Okay. Do you, you forehand the bear? Yeah. Um, I think I have forehanded it a few times, but I lost the original one, and I had to buy another one in white, and I bought the wrong weight of plastic, and now I find myself turning it over mm. a lot more often from a forehand. A little okay. choppy, choppy. Yeah. Yeah. So you would say most of the time it's you're either stepping straight up to the beef of the felon or just working with the Frio? Yeah, I would say those are a lot of my go-tos for the courses I play around here. Okay. Awesome. Well, I Mitchell, I I stand by. I think you've got a really good bag. Mm-hmm. I like I I love the neutrality of the bag. I like that you're messing around with the flexes. I like that you're messing around with uh Anheuser and just testing those lines. It took me a long time personally to be throwing Anheusers, especially Same. If you develop the forehand really fast, I feel like people go one of two routes. You, you most everyone has this backhand love because you're like, I gotta get the backhand going because it is huge disc potential, all that. And then you either jump over to the forehand, or you're like, I'm not even touching the forehand; it's a different throw. And so you go the Anheuser route to get that for right-handed players to get that right-turning shot working for you. But if you have the forehand, you very rarely feel like you need the right hand, the turning shot, because you just throw a forehand and it works there. So mm-hmm. you're in good company here. Uh, 
one of the things on your application that you said, hey, this is the area that I feel the weakest is distance drivers. So uh, I thought about like going the route of like 11 or 12 speed distance drivers, because when we look at the chart, there's a big hole in the upper right corner of understable. So I thought like, okay, you could go with Sapphire. You could go with a Mamba or something like that, like one of those. But the more that I looked at it, those bigger winged discs, the faster discs are still tough to get the turn out of because you still have to get them up to speed in order for them to be that understable. So we decided to go a slower route, but not crazy understable because of going a slower route. So you're going to be able to get this up to speed. Because right now, if you're looking at your bag, you would think the Mockingbird would be this like easy hyzer flip disc for you. But if you're throwing around that 300 speed, the 300 foot speed, that may not be the case. So, Brad, what did you try today? Okay, today I threw the Roadrunner. Hey, yo. And I also threw the Heat. Mm. I threw them, uh, the Roadrunner's in G Star, and then the Heat is in TI. So, with a different feel staying on the field theme here today as well fantastic so what on the field test which one's one out which one won out you know i this is not a great answer but i like both of them um <laughs> i really do i like how both of them feel the heat is maybe a little nostalgic because i used to throw a heat yeah uh, way back in the day um i will say if i have to give a winner mm. i do think i like the feel of the roadrunner a little bit better Ooh. Just a just a very small margin. If I had to choose, well, you are a bird guy more than a dragon guy. It, it's so. probably the, it's probably that. It's probably more that. Hey, I love it. Okay, so looking at sort of, I mentioned it there with the like the speed of it. How did you feel power wise? Trying to put some put the beans into it mm-hmm. of how much power did you need to get different flights out of these discs? I think I could back all the way down to about 60% and get them, I think, to have the intended flight, which I love, which is one of the things I love about the uplink is, you know, these discs, you don't have to like kill them to get them to hyzer flip and turn for you. Now, what the difference I did notice as far as like power, once I got to maybe like the 70, 75% power range, I felt myself like just subconsciously giving a little bit more hyzer and then they actually would stay turning versus like kind of stall out at the end and come back a little bit. So uh, a little bit more power made sure that it stayed on that, like uh, that turn line for me for okay. both the discs. So that's hyzer to all the way over. Uh, Mitchell mentioned he's using something similar in this slot as he's testing anhyzers. How do they hold up on pure Annie? Um, that gets a little dangerous on pure Annie, to be honest with you. Um, for me, I I think it's very sensitive. Like you have to, you can put them on Annie, and they'll just with a little bit of power, and they'll turn. But if you're like, I'm going to throw all the beans in here on Anheuser, they're going to roll on you. Which again could be useful if that's what you're looking for. And again, I think pros will take a Roadrunner off the shelf and roll them. Yeah, you know, on flat. I can't do that, but. There's some other potential there. So if you have them on Annie, again, there's like a very sensitive area between too much power and not an, and enough power to just keep that line. Um, 
So I, I would just maybe be cautious on that in that area. And you have you have someone like Hunter who throws farther than all of us in the chat basically combined. So mm-hmm. like Hunter has a it in his bag, which is the same flight numbers as a mockingbird. Uh, and honestly, I believe that the it is what pushed his mockingbird out yes. of the bag. Mm-hmm. And when Hunter throws the mockingbird for his roller, he throws or when he throws the it for his roller, he throws it flat to get it to the roller. If he throws it on hyzer, I remember very specifically being up there for a video and he had to like Brody. It was Brody told him what to throw and Brody was like, throw it on some steep hyzer and get that thing to roll. And Hunter was like, it's just not going to get there, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. It ain't going to happen. So that is a nice thing. Is especially if you're seeing a little bit of stand up on the Mockingbird, this could be a great test of you don't necessarily have to throw it too flat. Or if you do throw it flat, you may be able to see some of that easy holding mm-hmm. consistent shot line. Uh, it sounds like so that's super interesting. But a shot that it sounds like Mitchell's not throwing a lot of is Heiser flips in general mm-hmm. for especially wooded golf. So thinking woods golf, Brad. Where does this fit in for you? I think this is like if I have a like tunnel shot that is relatively straight and maybe I have some room to flex to the right or turn to the right, like I'm picking these every time. I also like the fact that I don't have to throw them hard so I can focus more on where my release point is and be more accurate. So accurate with distance to me is always good versus just like straight, throw it wherever you want to get distance. So if you're playing woods golf, I would I honestly trust either one of these. Um, I do feel like for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's just like the more dome and maybe some of the glide, I don't know, but the the heat did seem like a little touchier than the Roadrunner for whatever reason. Hmm. Um, I don't know why that is, and it could just be me too, so don't take that for any scientific data. But the Roadrunner, I could consistently get to just like stand up and turn, or if I put it on enough hyzer and it, backed off the power i could just get the flip up and go very straight um i could do that the heat too just seemed a little bit more finicky for me and i don't know why that is and i wish i had a better answer for you hi well we'll take that answer regardless so looking at you you love the mockingbird Mm -hmm. i'm not sure if you throw in a frio but you throw you throw in the hex obviously Mm -hmm. uh so thinking the frio is a longer hex seeing that side of the bag which one of these do you think is like a man i think this could really unlock something for you mitchell yeah because i mean it seems like to me we're looking for like an m4 version for the the distance driver category right is that what we're looking for i'd say even maybe like a little flippier than the m4 yeah well it's definitely i was gonna say this is definitely a little flippier than m4 but it has like that very like easy turn that's going to give you like that again we need that like left to right shot or you need a flip up um I really think, I think the Roadrunner, and let me tell you why, because as I do, I tried out both of these discs, and this now that I'm saying this out loud, may not be great for you, Mitchell, because it sounds like you have more of an Annie forehand, but this would be good to experiment with. But I threw the Roadrunner on uh, forehands, and I was like getting to 320, 340 on forehands, which I don't get to. I'm pretty much capped at like, if there's a forehand hole and I'm throwing a driver or a fairway driver on it, I'm like, if it's 275, I'll push it there, but I'm not testing my luck. I'll throw a big Annie before I try to throw a forehand. But like the Roadrunner, 
like would do this beautiful like and i have a i have a very high sir forehand so it flip up still turn with the rotation and again this was a one stepper like i'm not doing a full run up i'm taking one step and throwing um which again in woods golf i think is good or maybe you don't have a step at all to take but you can throw a uh, a hyzer forehand and get to flip up and turn for you yeah. and the roadrunner actually had enough room to turn and come back because i threw the little nose up so that has some more utility not that you can't do that with the heat i just didn't feel as comfortable doing that with the heat but the roadrunner i was like okay I, I see you roadrunner like maybe i should consider a roadrunner for this type of shot and again playing woods golf where you if you don't have a step out or you don't have a way to like run up for a forehand this might be an uh, a nice way you're stepping out. You still need to go left uh, on a forehand, but you can't like throw a backhand. This might be a good op- option for you, and especially if you need to go some distance. Yeah. And hearing that you're throwing, you got the Frio, you have the Felon, you have the Toro. Those are your main forehand discs. I can understand where the anti forehand would come from and the power forehand, mm-hmm. but getting people on this like soft forehand is it really is a cheat code and it sounds mm-hmm. like the roadie could be a mm-hmm. really, really good answer there. So if yep. you're down Mitchell, we would love to put this roadrunner in the mail for you and uh, see how she flies for you. Yeah, I'm definitely down to try it out. Awesome. I got a, uh, we have probably 15 courses in the surrounding hour area. Come on. Love so it. So we'd be going every weekend. Yep. I love it. Well, you know what cool. they say? Uh, Louisville's the Lynchburg of of Kentucky, so that makes sense. Is is that what they say? Is that, is that, do they say that in your secret whisper circles? Uh, <laughs> they could say it. I mean, really, it is. It is the Lynchburg <laughs> of Kentucky. So, all right. Well, before I zoom in anymore, uh, Mitchell, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll send this out in the mail to you. And uh, I'm excited to hear, you know, would you be willing to come back on in a future episode and do a little recap with us? Yeah, yeah, a little less Zoom, but yeah. Hey, I, there's no Zoom guarantees. I, yeah. After this episode, it's gonna get. I'm gonna get cut off. I can feel it. But we appreciate you, Mitchell. You have a good one, and we'll get this out to you to try out soon. All right, sounds good. You, Thanks man. for having me. Absolutely. Bang! Another episode down the hatch. I, dude, the Roadrunner is a disc that truly I think it's overlooked in the end of a lineup. I don't know why more people jump to like the Sidewinder mm-hmm. over the Roadrunner. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I just kind of overlooked it. I, I think it has, again, for me, not even being in disc golf long compared to you or some of the guys or people that have been playing, the Roadrunner just kind of has a reputation of just being a straight roller disc. So I just yeah. never touched it. Mm. Yeah, I, that's fair. Uh, so I am excited to hear this in his hands and excited I'm excited for you to kind of let this battle out with your sale because it sounds like it could be, it's very similar slots. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's very similar. Um, I like how this feels better than the sale personally. Yeah. I, I just, I throw such a great roller with the sale. So we'll, we'll see. I'll try them out against one another. What it would probably do is probably just sit next to, I, I forehand a lift almost primarily. I, I might just keep it, in my bag near my lift and if i'm like okay if i have some room to flex a little bit i'll uh i'll send the roadrunner or if i need a lot of hyzer or or something um i'm I'm thinking of hole five or yeah four or five hole five four five sorry five at timbrook where you have like the three options 
And yeah. I always try that forehand, the Heiser flip forehand on the left. And I end up trying to juice the lift to get it to flip a little bit more. And I hit that tree because I'm like not in control. This I can probably just stand still forehand, flip up nice in that gap and get to the basket. So we'll see. We'll see. It might give me just like multiple choices on my forehand versus like zone or lift. Which one would you like? Mm, mm. I dig that. I dig that. Well, mm. I'll let you guys know we next week have a special episode coming for you. Yes. Um, it is going to be, we are headed back to a draft episode, uh, because mm-hmm. I am headed back up to Lynchburg in two weeks. And so while I'm up there, we're going to go rematch of Jason versus Brad, but here's what we want you to help us with in the comments. We're going to drive you to the comments on the YouTube section or leave it a review. We'll see it there too. Uh, we're doing we're gonna do a bag draft, but obviously it would be a little tough if we just went with what we sent once again. So my thought on a bag draft is we do we give like eight manufacturers or however we go we try to go through major manufacturers. We'll say another 10 disc bag, whatever it may be. Um mm-hmm. and you only get one disc from each manufacturer. Love it. So that's my idea. If you guys have something different or a fun idea, let us know in the comments below. That way we can draft it. It'll be me me drafting for Jason once again, Brad drafting for himself, and Jason will pick the course. So uh, we'll keep that vibe going. But before we do that, we got to we got to head to see if we're talking about this, what's new in the warehouse. And, of course, today's what's new in the warehouse sponsored by the one and only Flippy Discs. Big Flip. So, yes, Flippy, Aaron, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for all the support. Um, Again, check out the discount code in the description. We've said it a hundred times. We've got all we I keep teasing it. I think we're about finalized on the the new Bogey Bro Flippy merch. So just there's a tease. Just we're about there. Just keep checking. Again, Aaron has a monthly uh, shirt subscription you can subscribe to. Not subscription, but a monthly shirt for the Flippy Club members. So make sure you check that out. All of Robbie's gears there. We have foundation merch there. We've got in the bag merch there. Make sure you check all that out. All of that directly supports us. And again, thank you all for all of you who have done so far. Feel free. Hey, if you got an in the bag shirt, your spouse needs one. Your brother yeah. needs one. Yeah. Your Holidays buddy are needs coming one. Up. We already said it. Yeah, so now's the time. Use the discount code in the description. Get that um, get that shipped out now. Be be that guy. Be the early guy. Be like, hey, it's yeah. November 1st. I got my Christmas shopping done. You can Go do that on. with Flippy. Oh, also, Flippy just dropped a couple cool things. Um, they have socks now, so make sure Ooh. you check out the socks. Keep them they also warm. have gloves. Okay. Ooh, keep them They're, hands warm. Yeah, we're about, we're again, we're approaching that season. Make sure you check them out. I personally have cannot vouch for the gloves. I have not tried them yet. I will be trying soon. So, hey, if you want to get your hands on that, keep your hands warm for the holidays. Make sure you check that out. Thanks again, Flippy. Um, as far as the warehouse, Robbie, um, it's I, one of my favorite things about working over there, and I love that my office is over there. Some days or some weeks even, it's like, we haven't got a lot of stuff in. And then some weeks it's like Tuesday, it's a ghost town, and then boom, the warehouse explodes. And I love it. Um, so we're getting all the subscription boxes out now. Uh, thank you to everyone that's left an in the bag note on your subscription box and on your orders. I love reading them. Jason and I love reading them. They're so much fun. So if you just want to say hi, say hi. If you just want to say, hey, I hated that last episode in the bag. Brad zoomed so much. Let me know. 
Tell me in your order. I'd love or to hear you, it. Or if you loved it. Yeah. Or if you loved it, I mean, there's really, there's a whole nother level. I mean, we can get real, real <laughs> close to this. So if, if that's you, leave it in your order note. Um, we got a ton of Innova going up. We got a bunch of Innova restock. Um, there's different ways to order Innova. I won't bore you with the details behind the scenes, but it's getting a lot easier to get some really cool, like there's Halo Valkyries uh, that are going to be really fun. Uh, the Rolo, we have those now. Talking about easy, like roller disc, easy distance yeah. for new people like that. That disc feels incredible. And I love hedgehogs. There's a hedgehog on it. There's a, I have a soft spot for hedgehogs. Listen to the banter and you'll know why. Um, so those are coming in. Uh, again, a bunch of your stock stuff. A bunch, we have a bunch of Halo stuff going up. A ton of Innova. If you're an Innova simp, if you're an Innova just liker, make sure you check those out as well. Um, we had some Mint go up. We have some of these really cool free tails, restock on Jackalopes, Jackalope Gang, and uh, Bobcats, some of the great uh, Mint molds. Those are going up. Let's see. Uh, DD released this week. We do have a few of those at this time. We may not by Friday when you hear this, but uh, DD's up. We have some Vanguards, uh, S-Line MD3 restock, S-Line P2 restock, um uh, there's some mvp watts up so we randomly so got our watts that were back ordered so those are up now uh if you i believe hunter described it as a max weight glitch That's so good, dude uh give it a try um if you want a uh Lazat, or sorry a simon line time lapse so does everybody else sorry um <laughs> we got ours in they only allowed manufacturers to have 10 it doesn't matter and we didn't get 10 for our online store, 10 for our retail, 10 for Charleston. We got 10. We we're only allowed 10, period. So to be fair to you all, we are going to... Hunter and Trevor took some for social media. We sent a couple down to the Charleston guys. And the rest are going to mystery boxes for Black Friday. So that's the only the fairest way we thought is to give you some value, to hype up some of these mystery boxes, which are going to be crazy. Um, but for whatever it's worth, it looks good. It feels good. Um Robbie, when I get one, the stock run, it's probably going in the bag. Yeah. I mean, that's what you do, right? If it looks good and it feels good, what you do, ladies and gentlemen? If it's decent, keep it in your recent. We'll see you next week. 